Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. Rose, in 2 Kings 5, we get to the story of the Syrian army commander named Naaman, who is a leper. Now, Syria was one of those countries God used to punish Israel and make them turn back to him. At this point, there must have been a truce between Israel and Syria. But sometime before that, in one of Syria's raids into Israel, they took a little Israelite girl. And now she's the servant to Naaman's wife. Being from Israel, she knows enough to know that if Naaman came to Israel and in front of the prophet, that he could likely be healed. And her theology is pretty good for being a little girl when she was taken. She tells Naaman's wife this, who relays it to Naaman, and Naaman relays what she says to the Syrian king. And he's one of the Syrian king's best guys. So the, this guy wants Naaman to be healed. This king does. And he says, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And along with that, he sent 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. So he really does want to see Naaman healed. And Naaman believes he can, so he goes to Israel with all this stuff. Now, Israel's king freaks out at first because he thinks he's being lured into some kind of battle. And then Elisha steps in, calms him down, and says, send Naaman to me. And Naaman had expectations about what being healed might entail, as we all would. You know, when you go to a doctor or something, kind of have expectations. But Elisha doesn't even come to the door to meet with him. He sends a servant with a message. And this is what he says in 2 Kings 5, 11 and 12. He says, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Well, this gets Naaman angry. And he says, behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abanak and Farper, the rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So Naaman's looking for like a Benny Hinn kind of healing. Yep. With he all the smoke and mirrors. He does. He definitely has this whole thing pictured in his mind. And he's not just angry. The verse 12 says he's enraged. Chris, in the Old and the New Testament, leprosy is more than just a skin disease. It's a picture of being unclean. We looked at this in a few passages back, back in February, I think. And therefore, because you're unclean, you weren't able to come before God. So it's a picture of what our sin does to us. And there's a few things going on here, and they have to do with the gospel. Yeah, they do. And it really stuck out to me this year when we read through. Elisha told him, wash and be clean. That sounds simple, maybe too simple. Like we talked about, Naaman had expectations of what might be involved in order to be cleansed. And it was certainly more than just being told to wash in the Jordan. Rose, when I was reading this passage, it made me think of two things. The first was a friend's comment that she made in Bible study a couple of times recently. She said that when she talks to unbelievers, sometimes, not all the time, 
sometimes they can't believe that salvation is as simple as having faith in Jesus's atoning work on the cross. I've hmm. never encountered anybody like that, but she no, has not either. Times. Yeah. The second thing that this reminded me of when I was reading it was the episode that we did on No Trash, Just Truth recently on Charles Spurgeon. In that episode, we talk about him thinking of all kinds of things that he would do to be able to get rid of his sin. I think he said something like the list of 50 things I would be willing to do <laughs> to get rid of my sin. And then this, he goes into this little church he didn't even mean to go into. And the pastor who was preaching that day said to him, look and be saved. Just look and be saved. And at that moment, Spurgeon realized that he didn't have to do a list of things, only look to the cross, just like the Israelites looked to the bronze serpent on the pole and were healed. And it reminded me of that. That's a great correlation because it definitely reminds me of that. And Naaman scoffed at the idea of washing in Israel's river in order to be clean. And you can just imagine him thinking because the, the text kind of gives you the clues He's thinking, just wash in this river in Israel? Why would I do that? There's far better rivers than the Jordan. He even says, could I not wash in them and be clean? Meaning his rivers in Syria. And the answer is no, you can't. <laughs> because there's only one way to be cleansed. For Naaman, it was to wash in the river Jordan. And he's already washed in those other rivers in Syria many, many times. And guess what? He's still a leper. And Chris, this really points to our own inventions or any other way, except the one way is never going to save us. Yeah, exactly. Another thing we see that kind of points us towards the gospel is an important man like Naaman expected Elisha to come out to him himself. But Elisha sent his servant with the message of cleansing and restoration. I read this and I can't help but think the father sent his son, the suffering servant from Isaiah 53, with the message of reconciliation. In Mark 9:37, Luke 9:48, and John 13:20, and many other passages, Jesus tells us the father sent him. That's a great and point. Some versions of this second Kings passage say Elisha sent his messenger. Well, Malachi 3, 1 through 2a says, behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. That's talking about John the Baptist, clearly. But yeah. then the passage goes on and it says, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? So that second messenger in that passage is the messenger of the covenant. That's clearly Jesus also. Yeah. And this passage ends, this Naaman passage. Then his servants approached and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he has said to you, wash and be clean. So he went down, plunged himself into the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God had said, and you can just picture that, Chris. He's probably like, oh, fine, you know, kind of grumbling. Yep. And guess what? The text says his flesh was restored like that of a little child, and he was clean. So wise words from Naaman's servant. And 
you know, are we trying to jump through hoops to be saved from our guilt and our sin? Well, there's a reason why it's so simplistic because you're not doing anything. And if it was any more, it's going to look like you did something. Exactly. So we have to make sure we're not adhering to a works-based salvation where we think we need to do something to be saved, or if we're already saved, that we need to keep doing something to make sure that we're going to get into heaven. I mean, Buddhists try to ascend the eight steps to reach nirvana, and it's an impossible path. And the ultimate goal is to get the nothingness. So I don't know why they'd go through it. But Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight. one of my favorite verses. Mine too. Jesus is saying, come and wash in my blood and be cleansed and healed. It's as simple as that. And that's all there is to it. And you're not doing anything, but having faith to do what he tells us to do. Amen to that. And that's a great place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody. Thank you.